Welcome to Thriving with Mental Illness, a podcast with real talk, an open and honest conversation about issues surrounding mental health. There are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. I'm Mikkel Buck, author, public speaker, and suicide survivor who's lived with mental illness for over 20 years. And with me is my guy, Adam, and also my girly, Ella. <laughs> Hi. Hey, guys. Welcome to our uh, new episode. We're very excited because we have Ella here. Ella is our favorite daughter. She yes. has the distinction of being our favorite daughter. Um, it's not just because you're the only daughter, girly. I, no, no, I know. No, I know. <laughs> Out of all of the daughters that you have or ever possibly would have, I'm the favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a couple years ago, and she, this always you know, comes to mind because every time I text on my phone and I text uh, a, a sentence that has Ella in it, it auto-corrects to favorite daughter. And if I'm going really fast, then I've almost texted that to people about Ella and it says favorite daughter. So every time I text, I'm sure I can figure out how to undo it, but it's fun to have. So (laughs) that is my memory of Ella. So Ella, welcome to our podcast. Thank Um, you. It's good to be here. A lot of people don't know you. So a little description. Um, You've graduated, right? You're not in high school anymore. Yes, that's that's true. So um, tell us about your graduation. Oh my gosh. The graduation or the lack of graduation? graduation. Which one? I don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, so I graduated a year early from high school. Just decided, you know what? This this is not for me. This is not my cup of tea. And um, it was a pretty hard last couple of months, but I decided to graduate and I managed to pull it off. Um, I wasn't allowed to walk at graduation, which was super fun. I loved that. And why weren't Sensing you allowed? Sensing sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can I do that on here? So, I don't know. <laughs> so explain why you were not able to walk. Um. The first year. Well, you had been taking... I feel like I shouldn't say... say, I don't know who's going to be listening to this. (laughs) She had been... You've been taking summer classes just to keep your load heavier because Mm -hmm. you are a a varsity athlete. You lettered all four years of... Well, three years because you graduated a year early, but all three years of high school, cross country and track. Mm -hmm. So you had been taking summer classes. You took some online classes so that you could wrap up the courses, but you were one PE credit shy, even though you were... A six-time varsity athlete. Yes, and also on that note, I had been taking sports medicine, so I knew all of the academic side of PE. Mm-hmm. Um, so I asked if I could just take the final because, you know, I knew I would pass. They knew I was athletic. They saw me in sports. You had enough credits. I had enough credits. Mm-hmm. Everything. No, not an option. Just just wasn't an option, and I just... I think we're never going to get over this. Well, I, we, I'm better, still not over it. Better, better. It's been, it's been a year, year yeah. and a half. Ella right? graduated a, over a year ago, and yeah. now you've been in community college for a year, and now you're headed off to college yeah. next month, which is why we want to have you on now, so everybody will get to meet you. Yes. So this podcast is called Thriving with Mental Illness, oh, in case kidding. you didn't know. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> like the book. So. Where <laughs> <laughs> have I heard that? So your life has been touched by mental illness. You can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, um, I guess you want to talk about some of the, the, the experiences because I, I'm sure a lot of uh, teens out there maybe have experienced some of the similar things that you felt um, in high school. Yeah. So 
I was diagnosed my sophomore year, um, and I, I always thought of myself, you know, as a capable individual. I thought that I was, could handle a lot, and I was pretty social, and then I just started, like, it kind of crept up on me a little bit, and then one day, like, this weekend, I still remember it. I just crashed. Like, I could not handle anything, and I, I had no clue what was happening. Thankfully, Mikkel was there. Shout out to her. I don't know what I would have (laughs) done. But we ended up going to see the doctor because that whole weekend I could not do anything. I didn't go to school that Monday. And we went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, And that was really hard for me to accept for quite a few months, actually. Just because I I had this idea that they were just so sad all the time and they never, I don't know, antisocial. It's just... Like you had a specific image yeah. in your head of and what somebody looks like if they're depressed. Right. Even though you've grown up with me and I've had mental illness for your, you know, the memory of your entire childhood, yeah. you still had misconceptions about it. Right. So after you were diagnosed, um, I guess what helped? What what helped um, helped you function, helped, helped things lift the weight that you were feeling? Yeah. Um... The first thing I did was, I know we've talked about on this podcast, I say we, but you guys. We, we <laughs> like meaning me. We meaning you. <laughs> it's a group effort. Um, I know you guys have talked about the load that you have and making sure you only can take on what you can handle, saying no to things, that sort of stuff, um, the energy budget. So just cutting back on the things that were too much stress for me, um, which at the time was cross country, and I had to take a break from that or take it easy, whatever. I don't really remember what I had to do, but I just remember I had to, I had to get the stress back. Yeah. I had to get it away. Um, so uh, about cross country, was there, did you feel anxiety with cross country? Oh my gosh. I can't even begin to explain to you, Adam, (laughs) the amount of stress that comes with sports, varsity sports, high school sports, just, just all of it was really problematic. Um, (laughs) so how did you feel when you quit, um, cross country? Yeah. When I quit, that was my whole entire life. Like I, I was known as kind of not the running girl, but like, I, and I think people might need to understand like during the summers, you trained with a coach from the college too. You trained year round and then did cross country and then track and then trained with the college coach in the summertime. So this was very much your identity. Right. Like I ran with the college kids. I ran a couple of meets. Um, I mean, it was community college, so we can all calm down, but like (laughs) it was college nonetheless. And I was 15, um, yeah, so it was pretty much my whole entire identity. That's all I did. I didn't really hang out with friends. I just, I just ran. And so when, I knew that I couldn't handle any more of that. I didn't, I didn't even know what to do with myself because that was my whole personality. I had to rediscover myself in a sense, you know? Was there a level of relief or was it just mostly like you didn't quite know who you were, kind of an identity crisis? Um, there was a little bit of relief for sure, but mostly a lot of, embarrassment identity crisis and embarrassment Mm. because I knew it wasn't at that point it was a year later um I don't know if I'm skipping ahead but (laughs) (laughs) it was a year later that I knew I couldn't handle it any longer yeah I think we we should talk a little bit about 
what happened to the crash? Like, what did that look like? And how did you know that you needed to take a break and couldn't handle some of this stuff? I think people might need to understand this part of the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can't even, like, I don't even know if I know how to explain the feeling. You just, every single little tiny thing in my life was completely overwhelming. And things that I thought couldn't be, I thought my life was, you know, the bare minimum. I just did sports. I just did school. Um, I thought that I couldn't really cut back anymore. So I didn't, I felt like I was stuck. I didn't know what to do, but then I didn't dare. I say not go to school. I didn't do it guys. I don't know what to tell you, but I mean, we got to to do. I was very, very worried about you. I mean, I have experience. I could, I could see the weight that was on you and I was worried that you were in a dangerous place. And when you were in a dangerous place, like nothing mattered. School doesn't matter. Sports doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. None of these things matter at all. The only thing that matters is taking care of you. Yeah. I took a break, um, for a couple, I think I took a break for like a week and a half. I just didn't run at all, um, at cross country. And I cut back my workload at school and by cut back, I mean, I just I didn't do some of my homework, which I probably should have, but you know. Shout out to public Shout school! Shout out to public school! I mean, can we just... <laughs> I'll just say that real quick. Um, but yeah, and so I just... Mostly all I did was focus on surviving, just living my life, because that's all that I could handle at that moment. Mm-hmm. And obviously that changed. It didn't yeah. last forever. But what do you remember? What, what started helping you feel like you were back in control and and feeling good about your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Medication was a pretty much the main reason that helped me get back into my life, I guess. Um, But just taking on little things at a time, not jumping into anything because there's no way I could have come back after my break and just jumped into everything all at once. I just had to slowly start running a little bit, maybe taking the pace a little bit slower and not being so focused on that, being okay if other people were passing me, which I usually was not with because girls a little competitive. Uber competitive. <laughs> I don't know where I get it. But, <laughs> but yeah, so just taking things on a little bit at a time definitely helped, but medication mostly. Yeah. We, we also talked to teachers at school yes. too, to let them know. And at the time you were also in student council. So mm-hmm. like you, you say you were doing the bare minimum, but you were not doing the bare minimum in high school. Mm-hmm. You were very, very involved You're right. yeah. in many, many things. And so when you cut back, a lot of people saw you cutting back, but we needed assistance from, you had two especially excellent teachers yes. that when oh, you communicated with them, souls. they were so supportive. Mm-hmm. So you, um, I guess, what have you learned? What, cause people are, are going to be listening that maybe have experienced, or maybe they are in that spot in high school mm-hmm. or, uh, what, what did you learn? What words of wisdom, what things oh, can you pass on, uh, that helped you, uh, get through it? Yeah. So first of all, sweetie, I mean, it's okay. All right. I promise you, you're going to get through it. Um, I know I did. I know mom did. Mm-hmm. I know my brother did. Well, that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Sam got through it too. Sam, Sam did get through it. Um, but it really is going to be okay. And you just need to take it one day at a time. That's also something I did. You just need to take it one day at a time as you can't look into the future. I'm very much someone who likes to 
look into the future and what are my goals and how can I accomplish this and I like to take on a lot but you can't do that when you're struggling when you're at your low points that's not something that is healthy for you it can be a little overwhelming to yeah. look at yeah. too much and too you just look at what you need to do today yeah and, and even like what do I need to do in the next couple hours <laughs> like yeah you can have a small you know there's something that I say all the time like everyone in the family knows this but my two phrases that I use constantly are give it a minute and problem for another day for sure. And those two things are, I mean, so many times we stress and worry and have so much anxiety about because we don't know how something's going to be resolved. We don't know how it's going to be fixed. We don't see the pathway to the end. We don't know what we're supposed to be doing, you know, to fix it and to get there when really, you know, just give it a minute. Just put the problem on the back burner yeah. for a minute. Just give it a minute. And sometimes problems just work themselves out and you don't even end up, ha you wasted all this time and energy stressing about something that you really didn't need to stress about. Yeah. And the other thing is problem for another day. If it's overwhelming and it's more than you can deal with, don't worry about it. Go to bed. Try again tomorrow. It's a problem for another day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was something that was really hard for me to accept as well. Pretty much everything, just as I'm talking, it's hard for me to accept. So <laughs> if you're in that, it's okay. I've been, I've been through it. But So I know um, mental illness can be challenging, but are there places that it's made your life better or made you a better person because of it? Yes, for sure. I felt like before mental illness, I was incredibly judgmental. I was ignorant, very ignorant. You weren't trying to be, no, you just I didn't get it. But it's hard. Like when you, it's hard to be empathetic even when you have no idea what someone's going through because it's such a different type of struggle. I mm -hmm. feel like that you pretty much only get it if you get it, you know? And it has made me connect with people that I would never be able to connect with before and talk to people openly about their problems and not the whole reason we're here on earth is to connect with people. It's in our biology, but. Well, and there are many, many friends in your life that seek you out to talk to you because they feel like you give them wise counsel. Yeah. So, yeah. and you are a great listener also, oh, and you're blessing. not judgmental either. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. Stop. No, really. No, but I, I think that it's because of all of those things, you were always a loyal friend. That's always something you've been from the time you were small, but being able to be so empathetic and have such a, a wise perspective maybe is not something that you would naturally have without this. Right. It definitely aged me a couple years. The trauma did, but you know. Yeah, you I'm, do not seem. You no, do not seem your age. You no. seem years beyond for sure. Yeah, but it's it's really good. It's good for me, and I'm. I can honestly say that I'm thankful for it at this point in my life. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be so. who I am without it. You know. I want to talk about because you have some amazing coping skills, like ninja skills, <laughs> in managing mental illness, and I think it's definitely worth talking about. But I remember. When you were trying to graduate early, you were still, we didn't have the meds all the way figured out yet, and you were feeling a lot of anxiety. You were feeling tons of emotions, and it was very difficult to manage and even be getting through your day. Right. And I remember you came home at the end of a day from school, and I said, hey, Ella, how was your day? And you said, I had a great day, but anxious Ella, that girl was a hot mess. She would not shut up. <laughs> She's a real, never mind. I can't She's a that. piece. She's a girl. <laughs> what can I say on here? Um, yeah, she's, she's something. Um, but yeah, definitely differentiating the, between my emotions and the, my personality, because yes, emotions are a part of you, but when you're struggling with mental illness, it's such an extreme 
like part of your life that it's it's not you. It's you have to you have to be able to separate the two because otherwise you're gonna be feeling all bad about yourself because you can't do this and you can't do this and you're feeling this way about this and whatever it is, but it's, it's not you. It's just, and I think your ability to recognize that mental illness was a separate thing, these symptoms, even though you were feeling all of these emotions, you recognize these emotions are not me necessarily. And they're mm-hmm. also, you know, these, these are separate. My mental illness is separate from myself. And that's an advanced skill that most adults still can't even figure out how to manage. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a really advanced concept. So I was blown away when you came <laughs> home at 16 and, and you told me that. Yeah. It's, it definitely has helped me a lot in my life, for sure. Now, are there still ways that you have to uh, be careful or are you, you know, healed or healed? Oh, oh, Adam, <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> Am I? That's cute. That's true. You think that? Um, <laughs> but no. it's it's a constant. It's a constant. It's a um, constant management. Management, sure. right? So, yeah. Um, what what things do you do, or or what things kind of set you back, and what things help? I guess what things hurt and what things help. If you have some suggestions. Yeah. So remembering that even if you feel good. Yes, you still have mental illness. I promise you. You just have to be wise. No, but like, I can't. Well, yes. <laughs> but I came home the other week. This was pretty recent. And I was feeling all bad. I had forgotten my medication. And I was like, I don't know why I feel so bad. Like, I thought that I thought that I'd moved it past this whole mental illness thing. You know, like, you can't see I'm using air quotations. But <laughs> no, it's a very real thing. I just thought that I, you know, thought my way out of it or... <laughs> fixed myself somehow. I don't know, (laughs) but it's still very much a part of my life. And you have to be, you have to take your medication religiously, obviously, but like, you're going to have bad days and that's okay. And I don't know. What about, have you noticed that sleeping makes a difference in how you feel? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I'm so lame guys. Like I'll come home early from parties just to go to bed. I'll skip hanging out with people. Like I'm, I'm not very fun. I just you like do like sleep. your sleep. You're a ton of fun, but I think you just recognize the importance of the sleep situation. Yeah, because I like know how When I feel. you don't get the sleep, that's when the really hard days hit. Yes, definitely. So that's, it's definitely hard going into, um, especially my last year, this last year in college. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of social events. Like, yes, it was community college, but I was in the young single adult ward and it, there's so many events all the time. There's always something to do and to figure out, okay, what can I handle at this moment in time? And then making a decision based on that, that's a very important skill. And that really shows a a huge maturity level as well to be able to give up short-term enjoyment in the term of socializing and doing fun things for long-term stability in managing, managing your mental health. So, um, Let's talk about where you are right now. Um, you've got two jobs. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, what is your favorite job that you're working at the present time? Oh, my. Did <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell my jobs? <laughs> uh, well, what's your favorite one? Oh, okay. Well, I work at Plato's Closet. It is a... Um, free plug. It's <laughs> a free plug. Yep. <laughs> Plato's, Plato's Closet Gilbert. Uh, super <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Drop my name. <laughs> 20% discount. No. Um, 
Yeah, so I work there and we just resell clothes. It's such a fun environment. My boss is amazing. Like, it's just a really solid group of girls. Um, but it definitely wasn't always like that. It took some hard work to um, connect with everyone and get to the management position that I got myself into. So <laughs> well, what, is, what is your role there currently? Yeah, so right now I'm a manager. I was promoted after one week of working there, which... Can I tell the story? Yeah. This is I mean, the best story ever. She loves the story. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, Ella, it. like, you're just a go-getter. You just, like, just make, them. make things happen, you know? And you just always have been. So, you started this job at this new store, and you came home and you told me, Mom, there are so many things we could do to, like, maximize our profit and, and turn, you know, make the store more profitable here and draw in more crowds here mm -hmm. and do marketing on social media. You had all of these ideas. So you put together this PowerPoint presentation. And, I mean, you're just an employee who's worked there, you know, a couple weeks. You haven't been there very long. And you put together this whole PowerPoint presentation. You called the general manager and asked to make an appointment with him to show him your PowerPoint presentation, he was blown away. But that's that's just like you. That's what, uh, yeah. that's just a, a typical description of Ella. You were like a <laughs> kick, kick A employee, for sure, for Whoa, sure. Whoa, this is not an explicit content. That's why I said A. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people um, your age and a lot of people altogether are sometimes afraid to talk about mental illness mm -hmm. with, with other people. Um, they sort of just want to hide it. I guess, how would you encourage people to, to be more open, um, you know, as you have been and, and learned, I think over time, but, but why would you recommend that people talk about it? Yeah. I remember when I was first diagnosed, I felt completely alone. I just, it's like, no one understands what I'm going through. I don't know who to turn to. I just, I felt so alone. And I remember this one girl who was in one of my classes mentioned like in passing to me once <laughs> that she was struggling with it. And so I knew that I could talk to her and I actually did. I went and I talked to her about it, but definitely seeking out those people, you know, you can trust. For me, it was always the people who knew what I was going through because people, they try to be understanding, um, which is awesome, right? We love that. But it's, it's a different conversation when you're talking with someone who understands what you're going through. And so I always looked for those people and felt like I could trust them, even if we weren't necessarily in the same place. And I feel like even if people don't have the same problems too, just if you get on their same level of here's something I'm struggling with and here's something I'm struggling with, and then you just share, that creates a bond that yeah. you can't really find anywhere else. I feel like I have found that as well when I connect with people like we don't necessarily have the same hard things my hard thing is mental illness and you know one of my best friends that's that's not her hard thing but she's also been through really hard things and we just connect both over the fact that we've gone through really hard things yeah and so you can seek out people it doesn't have to be the same struggle but just people mm -hmm. who you can tell you know have have gone through some serious things a lot of times those are the ones that are really empathetic and non-judgmental and yeah, and really real can be the good friends yeah yeah well ella thank you so much for <laughs> being on our podcast i know that you're going to be heading off to college out of state so we're going to be very sad we will come visit you all the time though oh i know all the time no i know <laughs> <laughs> 
And while you're gone, you can listen to our podcast. Oh, you know I will. And you can feel like you're right here with us. Perfect. So thank yeah. you again for being on the show. No, yeah, I'm so glad you were here. Thanks for joining us today. Submit questions at Thriving with Mental Illness on Instagram or Mikhail Buck on Facebook. And remember, there are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. If you like the podcast, rate it, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you next time. Bye.